Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. believe this in one week's time wwe has announced that smackdown is going to become super smackdown like a super shredder from tnt2 or something like that and they're going to go for two and a half hours we don't need longer wrestling shows if anything we need shorter wrestling shows if you're out there and you're running a wrestling promotion please give me the first ever five minute wrestling show and i will give you all of my love and i tell you this i got a lot to give but it is saturday and you know on saturday just like oh my gosh wrestling comes flying at your face which means we take this the finger of power and we give the good bits an up and we give the bad bits a down right now we're going to do smackdown depending on which order you watch the videos we're also going to do aew rampage my word what a time it is to be alive Calm down, let's up those doubts. believe this but Smackdown started with a contract signing between Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch even though before Extreme Rules when we were doing Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair we had a contract signing. Does WWE think that they have to do this otherwise somebody kicks them off air? I will tell you I'm not part of the network but it ain't true. And I suppose it was good because it made this match feel like a big deal but let's face it this could be a Wrestlemania main event and nobody would be complaining and really Becky Lynch stole the show here because not only was she just sat in the aisleway at her own table but she also called Sasha Banks a disco ball because she was wearing a really sparkly top. I like big time Bex. They also pointed at the other one and said, you suck, no, you suck, no, you suck. So they all started to have a big fight, which ended with Bianca Belair giving Becky Lynch a KOD through the table, which Sasha Banks was laying on. So this is exactly what we should have done. Anytime these three are in some kind of shenanigans, Bianca should come out looking like the badass hero. And also, only went about five minutes, so you can't really get mad at it. Up. I do think that WWE could still be having a bit more fun with their formatting. You don't always have to do a talk show, and you don't always have to do a contract signing. That's all I've got to say. Thank the world for Rey Mysterio too, because he was backstage with his son, known as Dominic, and was talking about the King of the Ring tournament because he was about to be in a first round match. He was like, oh man, this is so important. It's more important than the WWE title. I need this in my life. And I was like, damn right, Ray. As soon as you care, guess what happens? I start to care too. Ray also said that if Sami Zayn, his opponent, won, he would be disgusted. As Dominic told his daddy, he will stay in the back and let him do his business. I really have to stop saying daddy. I don't know what's happened to that word, but my word has it become creepy. As soon as Papa Bear had walked off though, guess who got in Dom's ear? That's right, it was Sami Zayn. 
this good story. We quickly then learn that Shinsuke Nakamura has given up his King of the Ring crown, which doesn't make any sense because he stole it to begin with. And then we did indeed have this first round match. I love King of the Ring. It was Ray versus Sami Zayn too, so naturally this was never going to be bad. Although the focus here was on Dominic, because he is nothing but a dirty little liar. Because he did not stay in the back at all. Now, he did for a little bit when Ray was flipping all over the place, despite being like 750 years old. But my word, Sami Zayn kept fighting his way back into this too. And at one point it was like, near fall, near fall, near fall. I mean, in the first second, Sami Zayn went for the Hoover kick. We weren't messing around. After his dad had been thrown into the ring post, though, out came Dom, all like, oh no, my dad is going to lose his life. And given that Sami Zayn then went nuts and tried to take the turnbuckle pad off the turnbuckle, Dominic was like, okay, well, I'm going to Fitzkiss because I don't want my dad to start bleeding from his forehead. But when Rey Mysterio did see it, he was like, oh, you stupid stun, you stupid stun. Why are you getting involved? Get your ass back down on that floor. So as far as he was concerned, this was worse than the product of his semen breaking curfew. And you know what else it caused? Ah, distraction, because Sami Zayn crept up and he hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And he got the one, two, three. He's going through to round two. So I bring down the board, it rolls up to 109, but I don't really care in this instance because this was a case when WWE should have been using it. And if you can believe it, and I still can't believe it, we are actually going to have at some point Dominic Mysterio turn on his dad. Sammy was also great here too because he put on this massive cape afterwards all like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be King of the Ring and he would be terrific at it. But you know the deal, Xavier Woods has to win this. And that was that. Like I say, it was pretty good. Caleb Braxton then asked Seth Rollins, Seth, do you think you crossed the line last week when you broke into Edge's house? I was like, Kayla, it took you a week to come up with that question. The answer is yes. Rollins has lost his damn mind, though, so couldn't believe he was talking to a peon like Kayla Braxton because she doesn't have any power. So he's going to find somebody that does and get some kind of match made with Edge. And we will talk about this later, but ooh, delally and exciting. The Queen of the Ring then got going for the first time ever on SmackDown. I tell you, I've missed this tournament so much that if you're now going to give me two different versions, that ticks my box. And it was Zelina Vega versus Tony Storm. So straight away, I was so worried for Tony Storm. I was like, you're taking on Zelina Vega. I have it on good authority that she's been entering tournaments since around about 1992. Sadly though, WWE made a huge faux pas here as they did later on. Cause I was thinking, okay, they'll get a decent five minutes and then go back and forth and punch and kick and all that kind of thing. But then I think in less than two minutes, it just ended. Zelina Vega hit the code red, Tony Storm lost, which made no sense. And my face was a little bit like this. I wouldn't have minded if we had done this across the board, but it did seem to be focused on the women's matches. And when something comes and goes this quick, well, the importance is essentially flushed down the toilet. I also think it's really weird that Tony Storm is being pitched as an 80s rocker because her mum was really into the genre. And when you kind of sit there like, so am I supporting Tony Storm's mum, Mrs. Storm? I don't even know Mrs. Storm. The point is, we really have to do better by all of it, and this is getting it down. Roman and Heyman, or Rob, are out next. I am just really enjoying this story with Brock Lesnar. Up. They were addressing the Beast too, although beforehand Roman Reigns was like, oh, you must acknowledge me. And I really don't know what he wants us to do. Like, do we just go, oh, hey, Roman, or do you go in and you give him a hug? 
I mean, I don't know what the rules are, because no matter what every single fan did do, he still looked really pissed off. All of this, of course, though, was about whether or not Paul Heyman has aligned himself with the bloodline, because Roman was like, oh man, Paul, you're the best. You did what you said you were going to do, and you kept the Usos on SmackDown, but I still think that you made Brock Lesnar a free agent, and I'm not very happy about it. Heyman tried to explain himself, but he didn't really say much of anything, deliberately so, so maybe, just maybe, he is trying to play both sides off the other. But this is not going to go well for that man at all. Because if he does side with the Tribal Chiefs, sure, he's going to keep his head. But that means he goes against Brock Lesnar and Brock will turn up and he'll just eat him. Although you do have to give him credit. He did look into a camera and say, Brock, you've met your match in Roman Reigns and you will lose at Crown Jewel. But will he? I actually really don't know. But of course, eventually it will come down to whichever side Heyman does choose. This is good, good stuff. Rollins then went bonkers again. He was backstage with Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville because, of course, they do have power. And he was like, give me edge, give me edge. So I think they're going to give him edge, especially because he ended this by saying, oh, when you do see Adam Copeland, why don't you give him this? And it was a picture of Beth Phoenix and Edge and Beth's kids that, of course, he had stolen from his home invasion last week. Seth Rollins should be in jail. Okay, right. Remember what we said earlier about the Queen of the Ring tournament? It was then Carmella and Liv Morgan. And we did exactly the same thing again. Down. Because it got one minute. I mean, one minute. Plus, it was a rematch of a match that we don't even need to see. Because if you can believe it, Liv Morgan won when they fought at Extreme Rules. But now a few weeks later, it is just everything that's wrong with 50-50 booking. Plus, it's all built around Carmella's mask, which is the same thing we're doing with Sheamus on Raw. This just feels really, really lazy. Also, Carmella won here. And while her character actually does fit the Queen of the Ring really, really well, she doesn't need it. She's a former world champion. She's a former money in the bank. Somebody should be taking Liv Morgan and strapping a rocket to her chest and giving her a push. And for some reason, we never do it. But yes, they did fight over this mask constantly. And because of it, Carmella couldn't really lock in the code of silence. So she just super kicked Liv and got the one, two, three kind of stared around my room like, I don't understand what's going on. It also means in the next round, you have Zelina Vega versus Carmella, which is two bad guys going at it, which to me feels like we're going backwards. Mace was then actually on SmackDown. I was properly surprised. Also, we're not changing his name, so Revolution lives on. Viva La Revolution, even though they're called Retribution. I absolutely screwed that one up. And somebody needs to stop scripting Mace, because he was like, man, I'm not just going to beat people. I'm going to annihilate them. Do you know what anni- annihilate means? It means to like utterly destroy. So he's going to kill them. WWE then went WWE, but they got very lucky, mostly because I enjoy Happy Corbin and Kevin Owens a lot. But after last week, there was no need to go back to this feud. Baron Corbin had just beaten Kevin Owens. And while there was a little bit of shenanigans, it's not like they really have a story to continue going anyway. And here, well, much like Kevin Owens' segment on Raw, it kind of just popped up and then went poof. Instead, it was Happy Talk, which is Baron Corbin's new talk show, and he was joined by his new idiot friend, Madcap Moss. However, Madcap told a joke when he said, what kind of instrument lives in the bathroom? A tuba toothpaste. Now, that is one of the worst jokes I've ever heard in my life, hence why I was laughing a lot. Please do this every week, WWE, because I am a massive bald goop. I think at one point Michael Cole said that the Street Profits were going to be their guests, although we never saw them, because Kevin Owens just marched out, got beaten up, Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss then went, ha 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 ha, 
and they just walked off. Now, I suppose we are doing this because WWE needs another match at Crown Jewel, and this always happens before the Saudi Arabia events. It's like we get stuck in time with a couple of characters, so I don't know what to do because, again, Happy Corbin, I think, is great. I actually quite like Mad Cat Moss. Kevin Owens is one of the best people in the company, so I am going to give it an up because I'm a positive Pete. But honestly, once we are out of the way of this pay-per-view, we have to do better by both of these guys. We then really did pull the trigger on this Naomi and Sonya Deville thing, though. Good. But Naomi barged into her office furious that she wasn't in the Queen of the Ring, which again is the right thing to do because it means, oh my gosh, this thing is so important. So Naomi just went, I want to go back to Raw. So Sonya just went, nope, next week. We're going to have a match. Now, I doubt this actually happens because I bet WWE prolongs it for ages. But if it does, Naomi better whoop her ass and then slowly start to climb up the ladder to the top of the card. Thank you, please. Finn Balor then defeated Cesaro in a King of the Ring match. And we're just going to give it a round of applause. How is two people so good at wrestling? Sadly, we do have to throw a down in there because this was the first time that Finn Balor was back on SmackDown after he'd fallen off the rope. Do you know what follow-up we got? Michael Cole going, well, a couple of weeks ago, Finn Balor, he fell off that rope. So we are meant to think this was just a bit of bad luck. Why the hell is Finn Balor not suing WWE? Imagine this happened in any sport. Imagine you were about to score the winning touchdown and the football through a malfunction blew up in your face. Of course there would be some kind of investigation. But here we're like, nah, screw you, Finn. Back to the bottom you go. Obviously, that gets the down. Still, you should absolutely find the time to go and watch this because it is more attractive than some people I have dated in the past. And Cesaro was just giving Finn Balor uppercuts and then Finn Balor fought out with his sling blade. And then they were just punching each other right in the face. At some point, I actually believed it was real. Cesaro was then going for the big swing, but Finn Balor reversed it. He was just doing two plus two. I mean, he made it look so effortless. And ultimately, this led to the end of the thing as well. Because he climbed up the top rope. He hit the coupe de gras. One, two, three. Finn Balor's going through to the next round. Now, I do feel a little bit sorry for Cesaro. Because he couldn't get on SmackDown. And now he's back. And he's back to losing. But honestly, when something is this good, I can take all that and go whoop. And throw it over there. Also, too, it was somebody winning perfectly clean because they just had the better night. WWE, if you do watch this show, you could absolutely do this more and none of us are going to care. Becky Lynch was then livid about what happened earlier and she was saying to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville, oh man, you don't care about me, you don't love me, please give me the praise I desire. So they were like, look, if you just sign the contract, you can do it by proving you're the best. And I was like, what a crock this is. That triple threat match has been advertised for what, a month now, and it wasn't even official. What if Becky Lynch had decided not to sign the contract? Well, I would have been screwed once again, card subject to change. Amazingly, too, our closing segment this week featured Edge and Seth Rollins. Then I was like, well, of course it did. This is like the best story in WWE right now. It should be in this kind of position, also up. Rollins just wrecked Edge verbally throughout this day, going, man, you're an old man, you're a piece of trash, I hate your family, I hate your children, but I am desperate for one more match with you, to the point you can name the time, you can name the place, and you can name the stipulation. Steph also said he would take a match in Edge's house, and WWE, I need that right now. I need Seth Rollins versus Edge in a in Edge's house match, which kind of ties in anyway. Please do it. Do it right now. What are you waiting for? Pull the trigger. At this point, Edge arrived at the building and I was like, well, he's going to get fined because he's turned up way late. But he just ran to the ring and my word, did he murk Seth Rollins. Like Seth even had a chair, but that didn't work. Edge was like, nope, just like pow, 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 pow. And after Rollins had ran away, Edge got on the microphone and just said, oh, yeah, stipulation, you want to do that kind of crap? Well, how about hell in a cell? 
And I was like, what? Where did that come from? But actually, when you think about it, this is the most sensible Hell in a Cell match WWE has done for ages. Usually it's like, oh, we've got a pay-per-view, so we better do Hell in a Cell. But these two guys absolutely hate each other. And as soon as Seth had heard this, it was almost like he'd been told Christmas had been cancelled. He was like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. And that always makes me chuckle because it's like, Seth, you can say no. You're a human being, but you just know we're going to say yes. It also means that we are living in a world where I get to see Edge versus Seth Rollins in a Hell on a cell kind of sucks it's going to happen at crown jewel but once again take it a foot and throw it over there this could actually be not only the best match on the card but one of the best matches in the year i am very excited about this this brought us to the end of smackdown and while i did enjoy the show that queen of the ring stuff was so bad i thought about giving it a down but as ever i am a positive p i am a double p so it does get an up but please wwe when we get to raw give them time let them wrestle let the importance of the tournament shine through